as we walk through Psalm 111 together. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that the birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free from the bondage of sin, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Our first reading today is from Isaiah, uh, chapter 61, verses 10 through chapter 62, verses 3. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not be quiet, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a burning torch. The nations shall see her, your righteousness, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading today is found in Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Rise and honor the gospel from Luke's gospel in the second chapter. And when the time came, 
for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. His father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, And for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated, and I invite our young. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for gathering us together into your house, into your presence, as you move by your Spirit to keep us near your word and sacraments. We pray that you would also remove distractions from our hearts and minds and let us rest in the work that you have accomplished for us. Through Jesus, and in his name we pray, amen. You know, it's not often that Sunday falls on uh, New Year's Eve, I guess maybe about every seven years or so. And since we don't have a service this evening in New Year's Eve, we get to talk a little bit about that today. First off, how many of you are planning New Year's resolutions? I'm not. Just There isn't a competition, just curious. Uh, but it's amazing as we hit these days and start to think of time and start to think of uh, the different ways in which we kind of work through time and live through time. First off, time does a lot of interesting things, right? Time flies when you're having fun, right? Sometimes time drags, doesn't it? Then there's moments in life where time stands still and everything just seems to pause for a minute as well. Time can certainly seem like it goes by way too quickly, right? We often ask questions, where has the time gone. Funny, right? How time works its way into our conversations a lot of different ways. Especially if you've seen little ones grow up, right? Time went by so fast. 
And there's a lot of times that we go through our days and we get focused in on certain moments in time. In fact, sometimes we just kind of focus way off into the future, into an area, <clears throat> excuse me, into an area where it's kind of an unrealized situation. We might have hopes and dreams and things out there, but there's not a lot that you can control out there in the future. It's an unrealized realm of things where you set up expectations, kind of like New Year's resolutions, right? Say you're going to do something or hear something that's promised or something that's way out there, and it might last for a while, and then it doesn't. And then we start to feel guilty about what we didn't do or how we could have done something better. It's just a hard spot to let our mind sit in all the time. There's an interesting conversation within a book, C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. And as you have Screwtape and Wormwood going back and forth, Wormwood is the nephew that is, you know, this nephew demon working on a Christian and trying to get advice from his uncle Screwtape. And Wormwood would say, you know, I, I just can't seem to get him away from God's word, away from God's work and his promises. And Screwtape said, yeah, because you have him focusing on the wrong era of time. He said, look, you can't, you can't let your subject, what he would call him, you can't let your project, your subject, focus in on the past. You see, as Christians, oftentimes when we look at the past, we're going to see all that God has done for us with gratitude and thanks. We're going to be amazed at how God has continued to work throughout all that time. And as we look back with hindsight, and we can see God's hand at work so clearly sometimes and so beautifully. And he said, you can't let your person continue to look at the past because you'll see the beauty of God's work completed. He said, you also can't let him sit in the present. Because sitting in the present, he's going to see God's grace continually present for him. He's going to see of God's grace for the times when he's in error and in sin. He's going to hear of God's grace. He's also going to uh, hear God's commands and how he could not listen to his own desires, but listen to the will of God and hear God's word. It's like, so you can't let him sit in the present. You have to let him sit in some unrealized future time where things could probably be different than they are now, and things could be done in a different way than they are now, but it's something that is maybe unattainable. Hard for us to wrap our heads around. But we could always wonder how something could be better in some other time. But see, as ones who hear God's word, we sit something like Simeon. Now, Simeon was definitely looking forward a time, yet in a different way. Because that time he was looking forward to wasn't anything that he had control over or anything that he had set up or anything that he had prepared at all. In fact, what he was doing was looking back at a time when he would see God's completed work all throughout history as he would listen to the prophets and listen to everybody that had been uh, speaking God's word and all of those that had carried the word on from generation to generation. And then he would hear from the very word of God himself. He would hear from an angel of the Lord. He would hear from God this message of you will not see death until you have seen my salvation 
prepared for you. What an amazing thing to wait for. Something that, again, he had no control over. He didn't know when it would happen. He didn't know where it would happen necessarily. Yet he knew the word of a God who's true. One who Simeon could look back on and see the completed work. One who Simeon could hear his word in his present day and see his grace given at all of the feasts and festivals as they would hear of the forgiveness of sins, to hear his commands given on what life would look like for an Israelite. Apologies for anything that's popping there. But to see this work completed there, and as Simeon is going about his regular day, as many of you go about your regular day and just see God at work and the things that are going on each and every day, trying to fight through the distractions that take us away from God's grace or take us away from God's work done for us in the past and as our desires and sin start to take our minds into our own wants, want to tell everybody how life should be, right? As Simeon was there working through all the regular things of the day, standing in the temple, here come Joseph and Mary. This young couple, after 40 days, after Jesus' birth, the time of purification for a son, oddly enough, they had a different timing of purification if you were to have a daughter, but nonetheless... Here's the one with the son who had first opened the womb, and so they sat for 40 days, waiting for this time, focusing in on the commands of the Lord and what to do, seeing this grace of life and birth present, and then they come into the temple and say it's time to fulfill all the words of the law, to fulfill all the things that Moses said need to be done, and they come walking in expecting to just give their sacrifice, be purified by the priests and attendants there, and then go on their merry way, except you get these beautiful words, this song of Simeon. Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace. Your word has been fulfilled, for my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. Over the past services, we were talking about names and situations. Remember Jesus' name? Yeshua? God saves. Actually named salvation. Salvation prepared for you. Salvation prepared. And Simeon was the one who was there to see it, as he had had this promise that he would hold salvation in his hands. Beautiful. A promise from God that he would place this one who would bring salvation into the hands of Simeon, that he would see in his eyes the light of the world, that he would hold his baby child, having no idea what the future held for Jesus at all, but knowing that what God had promised was being accomplished, having seen all that God had done through the years previously, having experienced what God was doing presently in him, having heard this word of a day to come when Jesus would be placed into his hands, and there, there he was, standing there holding his child, knowing that it was salvation prepared for the people 
of Israel, knowing that it was salvation prepared for the whole world, knowing that this little child that was there and born and sitting there in God's house at the temple was the one God had promised. The one that God had promised Simeon that he would see and hold on to, to know that God's word would be fulfilled, to know that God's word is true, and to know that everything that was necessary for Simeon and the people of Israel was something that they actually had no control over. Something prepared for them. Something done for them. As our minds float off into the future, a lot of times there's so many things that we can get our minds stuck in of what we think we need to do to make sure everything's right. And yet God's got it in his hands. He's got you in his hands. He's made salvation for you, prepared it for you, accomplished it for you, so that you would be able to live life not necessarily worrying about all of the future, though it's good to make plans and do what we can, but to know that we don't necessarily have a control over all the things that are to come in the future. But God does. Remember, he sits outside of time that brief moment of three decades where Jesus stepped into time to show us the love of the Father, to be God's word on human lips, to be present in and amongst his creation, to show us what it was going to mean for salvation to be prepared for us. What a beautiful moment in time. One that is hard to look back on to see what our Lord and Savior had to walk through. One that's beautiful to look at to see what was done for us. And yet on a day like today, we get to hear those same promises fulfilled. You get to have Jesus put into your hands. You walk up here at communion, his body and blood, in the bread and wine, right there for you to hold right there for you to see, right there prepared for you so that you would know that salvation is yours, so that you would know and be able to sing along with Simeon, Lord, now you let your servant depart in peace with everything full, everything complete, for the fullness of time had come and everything was made and done, and and here we sit to be able to depart in peace knowing the word of the Lord has been accomplished, knowing that salvation has been prepared for us right in the sight of all people. What a beautiful promise to be able to receive into your hands. What a beautiful gift to be given, to know that you don't have to work out your salvation for yourself. You don't have to prove to God anything. You don't have to continue to make a list of things that you're going to promise to do in order for God to have favor on you. No, he's already shown you his favor by sending you his son to die for your sins, to rise for your justification, to be present with you with everything prepared. And eternity? Well, you can focus on that because that's something that's prepared for you also, something that's actually already handed over to you. You're in the presence of it. You're in the midst of it. Eternity includes all time. And in your baptism, you were ushered right in to that timeline of eternity. 
knowing that your presence will be with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit and heaven and earth are back together once again. Life gathered together into the kingdom of the Lord at the wedding feast of the Lamb with everything prepared for you. Amen. We pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to prepare our salvation, for all that you have done to hold on to us by your Spirit, for all that you continue to do to open our eyes to see the light of the world, Jesus. And as we celebrate his birth so long ago, we look forward to his second coming. We look forward to the day when he will be seen by all, a light to reveal you to the nations, the glory of your people, Israel. We pray, Father, that you would hold on to us in your grace and mercy for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.